Hey everybody, welcome to Rain City Supercars episode 12. I'm Dan. I'm Nick. And in this episode, we've got a special guest uh, who runs the only car club I am actually affiliated with. True well, story. I mean, you're affiliated with some clubs, but most of them are court ordered, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> There's a few steps. <laughs> 12, I think. Oh, there, I, was saying, I always say 12 steps, 12 beers in a pack. Can't be a coincidence. Oh, I never, that is a... Huh. I just had like an like epiphany right there. Recovery just got easier. <laughs> so we're here with uh, Adam Kramer from Avance. Uh, they are a relatively new club to the scene and growing extremely fast with not your average members, which is kind of cool. I think when people think of inclusive car clubs, you've got the Ricer everybody tolerates and a bunch of other crappy cars and like three guys who actually do anything. Avance is totally not that. Um, they are affiliated with a ton of local businesses. They have absolutely the best club gatherings around. I mean, there's no question of that. And uh, without further ado, here's Adam. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Nick. Um, yeah, I, I started Avance because I saw an opportunity for car enthusiasts uh, who, who don't sort of like the, you know, street race Kent scene. Uh, or Eastgate Park and Ride. Or Eastgate Park and Ride scene. A slightly more... I guess lots uh, of stanced cars. You you have a lot of stanced cars. I, look, right? Dan I, loves stanced I, cars. I don't discriminate. <laughs> I, 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 you know, Avance is all have about. You, have you thought about discriminating? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you're passionate about, as long as you respect all all types of cars, I think that that's what sort of makes Avance a little bit different. Is that it, it's all about you know the, the tagline is drive everything. So so the whole idea is to experience different cars, appreciate different cars. It's not about the value of the car. It's about the person behind the car. And, and, it, and it's really for, for drivers. It's for people who are interested in cars. It's not about, hey, I just you know, went to the dealership and I bought the most expensive car. That type of person probably isn't going to fit in very well. Because... Those people don't exist in the black <laughs> I don't know what you're speaking of. Right? <laughs> uh, so, so I wanted to create, create a program that you know uh, provides events uh, for this type of enthusiast, whether it's a tech session, uh, whether it's a driving event, uh, or, or what have you. So, um, so yeah, that's sort of the, the overview of, of Avance. Yeah, and it's evolved a lot. I mean, when you first started, you were really focused on swaps. and while that still happens a lot, which is really cool, it's one of the best features of Avance, you're so much more than that now. And it swaps. People think like Turo or you join this group and you're like, oh, I have to give my car up. It's totally not like that. Uh, I'm glad to see that it has moved away from people thinking like, oh, I'm giving up my car like a like a motorcycle club. Well, gang, club, whatever. They want to call I, I, it. I wasn't aware that I could be involved the first time because when he came to me and was talking about swapping, I was like, well, I'm not married and I don't have a girlfriend. But <laughs> apparently... This is a different type of running through the gears. So, you know, I'm excited that this is automotively, you know, based. So, yeah. Yes. No one was going to approach you for that, Nick. <laughs> Poacher approach. <laughs> Nick, poor Adam just rubbing his head like, what did I get myself into? Adam walked in and I goes, so what's the format? I was like, uh, what's the format? <laughs> No, but I mean, you've got members, I mean, with GT3s, uh, Lamborghinis, Ferraris, all the way down to uh, Fiat 500 Abarths. Yeah, I, I like to say, you know, Miata to McLaren, right? We have, we have everything that spans the entire spectrum of cars. Um, and, and swapping, you know, people get, get scared about that, and, and rightfully so. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm working on a, on a part of the program that makes that less scary. So... 
uh, one of the things that I'm working on and we had an event at Pacific Raceways a couple weeks ago is where, you know, it's a closed course, it's cones. So basically other people, you, you basically can, can let other people drive your car. You're riding, you know, shotgun on a closed course and it's not about speed. It's not about, you know, doing crazy stuff. It's just about, hey, you know, let's go take a Tesla P100D out, right, with the owner on a closed course and there's no risk for damage, you know, you're going to hit a cone. That's the worst that's going to happen. Um, so it, it's kind of a, a baby step into, you know, experiencing different cars as opposed to, hey, let's swap cars and you take my car and, you know, you ride off into the sunset. This is, hey, you're riding along with somebody else and you're teaching them about their car and they're literally just sort of having fun and not pushing it to the limit. So it's a, it's a fine line between enjoying and, and thrashing and we're definitely on the enjoyment side as opposed to the thrashing side well i remember when you were you you know you and i and dan had a meeting a while back and you were talking about it and i kept thinking well i mean i, I like my friends but i don't trust my friends with my cars <laughs> right. <laughs> you, know, right. you know dan and i are close enough that we'd share cars but like right. there's some people i know that i'd go no i'll take your car but you can't have mine <laughs> right so. and and that's a very funny part of it is is you know we had our first meet this was you know months i don't know eight months ago yeah and one of the biggest challenges is people didn't want to ask other people to swap. It's like asking somebody to go on, on a date. And so nobody wants to ask that and nobody wants to be put in the position of rejecting somebody. And so that's what the app, the, the mobile app that actually we just launched like a day ago uh, is meant to overcome is that it's like Tinder, right? It's like you don't have to put yourself out there. You know, if you swipe right, that person on the other end never knows that that you are asking it's it's only when there's a match when okay you know i wanted to drive you know an aston martin and, and that owner swiped right and wanted to drive my tts v wagon and so then there's a match but no feelings were hurt right it's not like i put myself out there and i was rejected the the only way that it sort of works is if there's a mutual kind of match so um, that's a component that I think we're working on and, and doing more of these events that are sort of closed course as opposed to driving on the on the normal roads. Yeah, and I've gotten to know some really cool people through Avance that before, I mean, I didn't know outside of Avance and I've talked to them and, you know, driven their cars or whatever. And that's been the best part so far is you get to know like-minded individuals and it's all walks of life and all different kinds of people. So you're not going to swap with anybody you just meet, but you're going to need to know people, you're going to need to know friends and it becomes a lot more comfortable because you're on the same wavelength, basically. Yeah, and... And it's not just about swapping, obviously. I mean, we have all kinds of different events, tech sessions. I mean, you can think about it kind of like the, the Porsche Club or the BMW Club, but but sort of on steroids. I mean, we have events pretty much every single weekend. Like we just had an event at a carbon fiber manufacturing plant uh, down in Kent, which, you know, they showed us exactly how carbon fiber parts are manufactured. And it was fascinating. And it's not about, oh, you know, I just drive a Porsche or I just drive an Audi. And so that's all we're going to talk about. It's like, no, car guys love everything about about carbon fiber. So that's what makes it really interesting. Yeah, I was really disappointed. I've been so sick for the last like month and a half. I haven't done anything. Went on vacation and stayed inside. That was great. Uh, Dan had some goals and some things he wanted to dip in carbon fiber, but um, it didn't come out. So it's, that's a different story. They're not body parts. They're body parts. Um, Car body parts? Yes. Yeah, yeah, let's go with that. Let's go with that. I mean, so let's uh, let's give a little bit of background. Like I said, you, you're not just somebody that was like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna decide to start a car show or a car a car swapping um, app. 
you you have some history in the, in the in the car business, but before that, you were a, a a local resident at a small tech company here. Right. Yes. Um, give us a little bit of background on that. Uh, so I come from technology background. Been at Microsoft for a long time. Kind of got fed up with the big company Microsoft sort of thing, and so then I went to a, a startup. And I started my own company uh, for auto parts. It was a shopping comparison engine for auto parts, kind of like Kayak. Uh, so, you know, go there and find the cheapest price on a particular auto part. So I started that company, raised some money. Uh, and Nick and I were talking about this earlier. Uh, that, that business, while successful and, and sort of, you know, good, uh, I sort of parted ways with my co-founders on a, on a rather... Uh, interesting way. Uh, so I, I sort of moved on to, to different startups, but uh, but I've always been into technology. I loved cars. Um, and when the, this company I was at recently, uh, we sold the company about six months ago, I knew I wanted to get back into cars. So I started doing Avance full-time uh, probably about two or three months ago now. Yeah. That's another cool thing is you're doing this full-time. That's a very rare thing. Yeah. I mean, one of the things I learned doing other startups is you really have to do it full time. You can't just do it part time. Yeah. And, and I learned that lesson and that's, a, you know, you have to jump at some point. You can't do it part time because it's just not going to work. And so, you know, I obviously my wife is very supportive of this and, and I'm going at it and I've got ideas, plans, etc. You know, so it, it's it's not easy. I'll, I'll say that you kind of have to plan ahead financially, but it's very rewarding. I mean, as it grows, that's what I enjoy is seeing the progress of the business. Well, not only is your wife understanding, uh, you have three-year-old twins? Yes. Wonderful time to start a new business. <laughs> Lots of free time. Lots of free time. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Daddy's stay-home babysitter now. <laughs> Daddy's trying something new. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not the not the best time, but you know. But, but oh, like well. you said, from a business standpoint, you you got to go wholehearted into it and do it. I mean, you can't. Yeah, you, you can't, have to. You, know, yeah. you have to. Because if you don't, people just a your partners, et cetera, won't really believe that you're a hundred percent committed. It's right. like, how do you, how do you convince an investor or a partner that this company is going to be something if you yourself haven't invested a hundred percent of your time? And, and I mean, that's, it, it just, it had to be done. I knew it was coming. I'm glad I'm in this position. You know, having said that, I'm still working out the whole revenue plan. You know, we've been working on the app for eight months, you know, with no revenue coming in. So there's, it's it's not easy, but but it's fun. No, Dan and I totally understand that. When we started this, uh, you know, we knew we had to come up with some capital and Dan convinced me to sell one of my lungs. Uh, apparently he had no sacrifices, but I can't breathe in cold weather now. So whatever, <laughs> you know, but we needed microphones. <laughs> I bought the microphones. Let's start with that. With my lung parts. With his lung parts, yes. They're very nice. They're very nice Thank you. I envy you because it's like I went for my vacation that I stayed indoors for and uh, came back to 12, 13-hour days due to an issue at work. So it was like, okay, also we're way behind in our podcast because I've been sick and had zero voice. And it's like, man, I just got to make time for this. And it's 9 o'clock at night here now. It's it's a labor of love, but it's like, man, I wish I had a way to do this full time. I mean, not just the podcast, but Dan's yeah. drives and other stuff. Like, yeah. that's really what I enjoy the most. But I'm, it racks my brain every day. I'm like, how could I do this? How could I move into doing what I love full time and versus 
I love my job. I feel very fortunate to have it. But I mean, obviously, it's a it's a means to an end. Like I do that to support yeah. the life I love. I'm just not one of those lucky people yet. I, I mean, I, you know, I should have stayed at Microsoft and I could have had a very nice, comfortable living doing stuff there. And 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 that's fine. But I, I do feel like life is short and, and I feel like you follow your passions. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But, you know, I, I feel like I have to give it a shot. Those kids don't need college. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's time for you to become that canning dreams. Make Dan's jams a real thing. <laughs> Strawberry peach, maybe a nectar. It'll be nice. Nice marmalade. Yes, a nice marmalade. So how did you pitch this to your wife? I gotta give her some credit, man. Uh, I, I mean, I, I don't know, actually. I, I'm, I'm not really sure. I, I think she knows that I'm passionate about cars and, and she knows that I will figure out a way to make this work into, into a business. I mean, I, and I have enough, I guess, confidence in myself that I can figure out if I see a potential vein there, I'm going to follow that and, and make it work. So, you know, I believe this, this sort of car program swapping drive everything idea has some real monetization potential whether that's from consumers or dealerships or manufacturers or a combination thereof it's just putting together the right pieces but yeah maybe she believes in me you know maybe she believes that i'll figure out the right recipe um i i, I hope um you know if not there's always other tech jobs out there that I can sure. go back and, and get. So well, good on you, man. I think that's absolutely awesome. Like, so you're doing something nobody else has done. And I, it's, it's really great to have, but it's great to have watched it blossom from the, from the very first day. Like I remember you coming up to me at exotics and like, Hey, who can I talk to? I just kind of gave you a list Yeah, and it just took off and you've got, um, let's, uh, scratch their backs a little bit. You've got some great sponsors. I mean, I know you work with group two, uh, Stu's garage, uh, APC. Yeah, APC. I was gonna yeah. throw out there. Um, uh, Dent Solutions, uh, Eastside Auto Salon, uh, Grios Garage has been great. So uh, they've been giving us all kinds of, of products. Obviously, um, dealerships. So we've worked with Tesla in Southlake Union. We've worked with uh, Alpha Maserati dealership in Kirkland. Um, Doug's Northwest Cadillac. Um, all, all kinds of partners and. Um, that's what I've been really surprised at is, is everybody in the car community on a, on a professional level has been very open, receptive to this kind of idea. I mean, they, they don't view it as just a couple car, you know, kids or whatever with their Honda yeah. Civics. Like they see this as, okay, this is a, this is different than a normal car club, right? This is a more well thought out business plan. Um, so I've been very, very happy with kind of that that perspective so. yeah and you've gotten an excellent reputation for your work I, i've been to your events and it, they're they are great they are it's just the tech sessions and stuff are super cool because normally like you said you had to be part of like the porsche club or the bmw club this is open to everyone and it's fascinating yeah well i think it's, yeah like, we've talked about this before that's one of the reasons we started the podcast is is the area we're in is such a car rich environment that i think that's why this works here and i think it, and i think it can work in other areas around the country and around the world um 
you were recently on a, a very good friend of ours, Mark Green's uh, car show, Cars Yeah, which we absolutely love too. And, yeah, great podcast. And you were kind of, you know, he was kind of saying, I think he, he told you, he goes, oh yeah, this will be great around the world. And the, and, the, and you're like, oh yeah, I'll get there eventually. <laughs> yeah, uh, right, yeah. That's a goal. Thank you. Let me write that down. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know about international. <laughs> yeah. you know, let's figure out Seattle exactly. first. <laughs> you don't want to swap your Citroen in France? Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lot of complications when you get outside of the U.S. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I you know I think for expansion, obviously Seattle is is sort of figuring out what the playbook is, and then other cities, you know, the and I come from again technology scalable, so I'm always thinking how do I make this a scalable program, um, and that's been a challenge, right? Because it's a very, I guess, community driven organization, right? It's people getting to know other people, and so how do you build a business that is having that sort of people connection, but make it scalable, right? Because I'm always thinking, well, how, you know, how do I get to 100,000 users or whatever? You know, it's like, well, if I have 100,000 users, how are they going to get to know everyone? You know, so it's like we start small, people get to know one another, but you're always thinking, how does this actually scale into a real business? Otherwise, you know, you have to charge members, you know, $100,000. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny. It, there There is such a perfect demand for this because I was just reading this ridiculous thread on Cars and Coffee about this there first car show of the year, quote unquote, around car show, because I call it shit show. Hey, Dan, there were some really cool cars there. They had like lights on top and they shut the event down <laughs> and they were from the police department. And it was funny. Exactly. Exactly. So we're talking about the first joke of a car show, the Eastgate Park and Ride Me. And I, I was saying on there, I don't go to uncontrolled car meets because they're always just cluster F. I know. <laughs> Sorry, mom. <laughs> anyway, and it's uh, but there's other members on there on that community forum. Uh, James, who's a member of Avance too, James Dennis, with the who comes to exotics as well. He's got the Shelby and yeah, uh, and guys like that who are legit car guys who have really great cars who are like me, desperate for other clubs that are totally opposite of that. And there's not really anything outside of manufacturer clubs. But the thing is, is like, I don't want to go to an old Corvette car show. I've done that. Nobody wants to go to an old Corvette car show. Nobody should ever go to an old Corvette car show. Okay, but that was live entertainment. When we Corvette Corvette. <laughs> it just, was just entertaining. To, I mean, we've told that story, but that was one of the best things. But I think one of the things you bring up the most, and the one thing that Adam has always emphasized, is control. Yeah. You're, these events, these events are controlled. They're monitored. You know, everybody is welcome, but they're also the the ones that know that they're they're going to do stupid shit. Don't come because they know they won't get away with it. Yeah, cool. yeah. And, and and our events, you know, up until now, you have to be an Avance member to to come to the event. So you know, we do background checks and we run your driving history. So it's it's not like it's open to everyone. I mean, right? Yes, which is good. There's no cost. I mean, for most of our events, obviously tech sessions and stuff like that, there's no cost or anything. But there is a cost in that you need to, you know, sort of provide be detail. an upright good citizen, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. not and, be a loser. <laughs> yeah, and and that's been challenging because you know you want to be inclusive, but also you have to realize that you can't be inclusive for everybody. You you have to sort of draw the line somewhere. So that's been that's been sort of a challenge, I think. Yeah, and it, it's been a good line though. That's the draw of the club. That's why you're getting members who have much nicer cars, or just people who are true enthusiasts who aren't losers, who aren't jerks that are going to ruin the scene. Yeah, and that, and that's hard. It's a subjective thing. It's like you know, just because somebody has, let's say, a lower valued car, yeah, they're... but they're responsible, respectable people. Like, and that's that's where it's hard. Is okay, this person might, let's say, drive. Uh, 
I don't know, an old WRX or something, which, you know, Subarus are fine, et cetera, whatever, or maybe a Honda Civic SI or something, but they're responsible, they're respectful, and they're kind of on their way up, right? Yeah, you want to include those people. And more importantly, you want the older guys to mentor them and be like, yeah, you are going to get here because you are are already exhibiting this good behavior now and these good habits. Like it's a good environment for everybody to be, and I, yeah. I said I'm. I said Adam is not a sponsor of the show yet. Cross my fingers. But uh, so I, I'm talking him up because I believe in what he's doing, and I think it's great for the car community, especially here. And people should know about it and go to Avance.com and check him out. Um, we are overdue for a break, so we will come back and talk more about cars. Hey everybody, this is Dan from Rain City Supercars. Rain City Supercars is brought to you by M Squared Fitness, personalized fitness and personalized performance. Nick and I are both members at M Squared and can personally testify to the great results. You can find M Squared Fitness at m2-fitness.com or on Facebook or Instagram at m2fitnessredmond. Mention Rain City Supercars and get your first visit free. But remember, you've got to mention Rain City Supercars. And we're back with Adam from Advance. Uh... We were just briefly describing uh, what Avance is, but we wanted to kind of get a little bit of a background on Adam and where his cars come from and, you know, what he owns and what he, ha- he owns now and um, where he came from. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm a big station wagon guy, which is kind of weird, but I like fast station wagons. So I, I currently drive a Cadillac CTS-V wagon, uh, manual, of course. Yeah. Uh, pretty, pretty rare car. I think there are 574 uh, manual CTSV wagons around, so so that's a pretty fun car. And this car is in your Avant. This is this is a car that people, if they oh, use yeah. the Avant set, oh, could yeah. try. Oh yeah, a very rare car. Oh yeah, yeah. So okay, that's your, the whole point of this. Okay, yeah, I've right. driven it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, and that's the whole idea. Is I mean, not to go all the way back to Avant mm-hmm. again, but you know, bring a trailer. I love that. Sh- I love that website. Right, everybody loves bring a trailer. And you see all these cool cars, super rare cars. It's like, I wonder what that car would be like to drive, right? And it's funny because I talk to people who have bought cars off Bring a Trailer, and I'm like, well, why did you buy that car? You know, like, have you driven? No, I've never driven that car before, but I just thought it was cool. I like the look of it. I was like, you bought a car off Bring a Trailer, and you never driven that type of car before? I, I just think that's it's great, but it's also, wouldn't it be great if you could actually drive that car before you actually bid on the car on Bring Are you trying to say our former guest, Kevin, didn't know he had never driven a Lancia before? He went down to California and bought that? I'm not naming any names. <laughs> oh, I am. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I think when we interviewed Kevin, he didn't have the Lancia. He did not. No, yeah, so not. A previous guest, Kevin Flynn, which you guys probably remember, now has a Lancia Delta Integrale. <laughs> That he bought on Bring a Trailer, and he, no, he did go out there and drive it. He happened to be in California, I think. Oh, or, he did. Yeah, okay. he, he yeah and yeah. he did drive it, and yeah. he, so he was like, "Oh, I guess I'm getting a Lancia." That's got the weirdest car collection. I freaking love it. But yeah, there, I do. There are so many cool cars like that. So anyway, so uh, back to yes. So uh, you got the CTSV wagon. I have the CTSV wagon. I also have a 1995 Audi S6 Avant. Yeah, um, let's go with the inline five twin turbo. Inline five, single yeah. turbo, single turbo. This right. one's all done up, so it's big turbo. Everything's all, all done to it. Perfect for the wife. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> yeah. It, it's totally impractical. You know like how to... fast I can get the Whole Foods in that? <laughs> <laughs> I take practical cars and I make them impractical. That's, of course. that's what I do. Yeah. Um, At least you're consistent. Yeah. <laughs> so those are the, those are my two kind of fun cars, and then we have an A3 and a Q5. So I like Audis, and so those are kind of the family cars. Uh, before that, I, I have other station wagons. So I've had a BMW 540 wagon. Um, that was an automatic, though. I really didn't love that. They only came in automatics. Yeah. Um, I've had other S6s. I've had a, another Audi S6, a 95, a 
unfortunately that one died at the racetrack uh so that was that was too bad um, i love that it died at the racetrack though yes it died doing what it was supposed to do yeah uh, and they only imported 300 of those into the oh, states and so that's uh, painful. Yeah, 299 because i so was I it was it an s6 wagon yeah s6 wagon oh, okay so just like the one i have now it was europa blue uh, it yeah. was a beautiful car super rare and i feel bad that i that i ended its life but at least it ended its life doing something fun Okay, well, I've, I've got to think that all the all the our listeners are saying, thinking exactly what I am. What'd you do? Uh, I blame it on the parts. I blame it on the car. Oh, it it's not the driver error. Okay, uh huh. Sure, yeah. yeah. A BMW took me out. It was a racial crime. <laughs> anyway, so let's see what other cars. I've had a Cayenne Turbo, a Porsche Cayenne Turbo. That was I didn't really like that. That was like too much power, way up high, center of gravity. It was just a very weird car. Um, then I had an A6 Avant before that, which, you know, not a very fast car or whatever. That was my first station wagon. And then my first, first car was a 1992 Chevy Beretta GTZ, Ooh. which, you know, color matched wheels. So I don't know this is a 1992. <laughs> that was an option though on that car. So the GTZ was the fancy version yeah. of the Beretta. Um, had all that plastic cladding. Things you never thought you'd say the classy version of a Beretta. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It had a 3.1 V6 automatic, and I think it had 150 horsepower, maybe. Uh, Ooh, three hamsters. It was it was pretty quick. It's yeah. uh, a lot of car, man. I'm glad was, you survived it. It was a lot of car. I put the Canon intake on it, and you know, I'm going to bump it He up says to, to the guy who had a 84 Scirocco with a drilled airbox because I liked the noise. I, I will say this. <clears throat> so many people start with K&N. Yeah. Like it's either can I remember yeah. like when I started with stuff like that it was either Canon or I had and I told Dan this like on one of my first Subarus and I don't know how I, I made it out of a kit from Weapon R. I had a Weapon R intake on my <laughs> two Subaru Legacy wagon that I took that I modified from like a Civic well, intake or something like that. I mean, bang for your buck. Oh yeah. I mean, what is the Canon intake? Fifty bucks? Yeah, like, no, I know. It's gonna get you I don't know, five, ten horsepower, yeah. maybe. Like that's that's a great mod, right? Oh, now. but the Weapon R one had stickers on the top, uh, of it, so yeah. that was extra. That was extra horsepower, yeah. you know. So the roll call out oh, the side of the fender. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know, I remember those days. But I, I, I too, like you, I've, I've always been a wagon guy. Um, actually, I don't have one right now, but I mean, I had the '92 Subaru Legacy wagon, and now I had a 2000 wagon that I love. And there's just something about people go, "Oh, it's a mobile. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a mobile. It's stomping right. your dad mobile." So. Totally. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I had an, I had an S4 Avant. Yeah, nice. Yeah. nice. It was an automatic. Oh, Don't you uh, still have an S4? No, I sold oh. them. I sold them both now. Oh, nice. Okay. And an S4 uh, sedan and and Avant. Yeah. Actually, did it was the V8. Um, which was actually pretty nice, actually. I like that car's torquey. The 4.2? Yeah. yeah. I mean, the terrible cam chain design, but yeah. I know a guy, so <laughs> thanks, Brandon. And, and Audi has always had great wagons, right? And that's Absolutely. that's what I named Avance after, honestly, is is I had Avance.com because I originally, this was 15 years ago or something, I had set up a forum just for Audi wagons, Audi Avance, and it was a forum you know, for, for wagon owners to come and chat about their, their wagons. And I shut that down and sort of, you know, forgot about it. But then when I was starting up this business, I was like, huh, well, I guess I could just call it Avance. I already have the URL, so let's just go with that. And people are like, what, huh? What is it? I don't understand. But it's so funny how many people mispronounce Avance. Like, they'll say, Avance? Avance or Avantis? <laughs> or, and I'm like, how, I, I thought. Oh, no, I see it. <laughs> 
I thought everybody knew Avance. I just, I don't know. Maybe most people don't really know. Even car people don't really know what an Audi Avant is. Your, your, your passion for Audi is something I really like. I mean, I've always been a BMW guy, but, and Dan and I have spoken about this on the podcast that one of my favorite people in the world is John Olson, the skier. Oh, and yeah. He built this animal RS6 Avant, which yeah. ironically, when he sold, got burned to the ground or got stolen. Yeah. But <laughs> he has always built that that car was the coolest. And I just yeah. always thought, and he built it. Not for speed, but he did it for speed, but I mean, he took it to the mountain. He did the same yeah. thing with his Lambos and stuff like that, but the, his partnerships with Audi have been incredible with his RS, R8s and his yeah. RS6 Avants, and so yeah. I am a big fan of Audi when it comes to that. Yeah, I, I wish they brought the RS6 Avant. I mean, that would that's my dream car. If they brought that... They know we'd kill ourselves, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I, that, that's on that short list of cars that I love so much, but I, I know the American market. No, they if, they, if, they, if they imported... A thousand of them, perfect. Yeah. That's where they would have to end it. But man, it'd be right. hard to convince somebody out here that I need you to make a left-hand drive USA yeah. crash spec RS6, but only a thousand of them. Yeah, they don't even bring the S4 Avant. No, they used to be a cool company, and now they're just vanilla like everything else. Well, we've got. I mean, there's a gentleman that we've, we've and I think you guys probably know him. The gentleman that comes to exotics that had, yeah. had, had the RS4 Avant. He sold it. It went to Europe or Texas, and he bought it back. He's owned it two or three times. Like, yeah. It's just an incredible car. Oh, Josh Decker? Is that? Is that yes. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like, so many <laughs> of people in the know. car world, I could point him out. Yeah. I could tell you what his car is, but I don't know his name. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so I, I organized uh, Pacific Northwest Wagon Fest. Okay. Uh, yeah. So we had this at Dirtfish, uh, I don't know, six months ago or so. I saw that. So yeah. I, you know, basically, and it was just me and a couple wagon buddies were like, hey, we should do some wagon show. So put it together and Josh came out with his RS4 and we had a couple E63 AMGs there and and I had my CTSV there were a couple CTSVs and I mean we had everything we had Saab wagons we had Volvo wagon I mean there are a lot of cool wagons out there um, so it, it was a lot of fun and we're going to do it every year obviously going forward but but yeah I think you know wagons are cool they're, they're definitely making a comeback but a lot of manufacturers just don't don't see it I mean I don't blame them but they just don't bring wagons anymore yeah there's an old episode of jay leno's garage where he's talking about uh future collectors you can look up on youtube and he lists the ctsv manual wagon is his like number one pick of future collector cars just because the hot rod market's kind of taken a dive it'll come back the yeah the, the ctsv manual wagon is going to be one of those cars that 50 years from now people are going to be dying for it is just such especially with the way yours is optioned with the recaros yeah. and everything else i mean you've got the right options you've got the right car Black on black, so it's just badass. I hope you never sell it because it's just. Did a... you option that car? No, I bought that used. So oh, okay. I bought it one year old, so it, it retailed at seventy four, I think, and I bought it for fifty three. Yeah. That was one year depreciation, and then it's just sort of held. Yeah, they haven't even, gone down from that. Yeah, and that was in two thousand. It's a two thousand twelve, and I bought it in two thousand thirteen. Um, and I probably put too many miles on it. I mean, that's been my daily driver for for a long time. So I probably should have just parked it. But, um, well, if you ever sell it, it'll be an interesting conversation when the person goes, so how many people have driven this? 974. <laughs> how many owners? Two. <laughs> it's, it's been a great car. I mean, it's, you know, it's got its little Cadillac interior, you know, pieces, plasticky. But overall, yeah. you know, from a drivetrain engine perspective, it's, it's been fine. Well, it's an LS, which makes it better that's, than everything. It's a Corvette with room. It's a ZR1. Yeah, it's a ZR1 wagon, basically, which is awesome. Well, and I think to a point, like, and we'll notice, there, there are some of these companies out here, that, at least people are aftermarking. Like, I just watched somebody take a, a, a new Tesla 
P100D and they turned it into a wagon. And the new Panamera that's coming out, yeah. that new yeah. wagon. I mean, I, that shooting, that, they're, yeah. they're starting, they found a new word for it. Instead of calling it a wagon, yeah, it's now a shooting brake. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. is getting past the month. Oh, I don't yeah. drive a wagon. I yeah. drive a, a shooting, shooting brake. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think technically a shooting brake is supposed to be, what, a two-door wagon basically yeah. yeah i'm like so a 57 nomad all right yeah. well then it's <laughs> I drive one of those yeah um I, and i don't know how much of this is just me sort of noticing it or actually happening but i see a lot of the online you know, publications like jalopnik or doug demuro and folks like that there's a lot of wagon fans like doug demuro yeah, he had a ctsv wagon yeah. so he's a big fan he's an amg e63 wagon right now and I, I know a lot of the Jalopnik editors are big into wagons. And so it's funny that, you know, wagons are sort of making a comeback, I believe. But it's primarily, well, probably powered by those those online publications. You know, the editors and writers are big fans of wagons. So I think they're building them up. Yeah, but I mean, you look at it. Like, I mean, Jalopnik's a very good point. I've read several articles on there, too. But I've, And I don't know who it was, and I, and I didn't prepare for this part, but... Somebody goes, well, a wagon, like a CTSV wagon or an E63 AMG wagon is a perfect track to it because I can drive to the track, I can haul my tires in there, I dump them, I race the car, and then I drive home and I can still hit McDonald's on the way home. Yeah. Like, but it's the ultimate. Unless you leave your RS6 on the track for some, you know, or S6 yeah. wagon. Right. Unless it doesn't come home. Oh, well, that's, yeah. you know, <laughs> who would ever do that? Well, the nice thing is, you know, and, and the technology itself, you've got magnetic ride in there, too. So, I mean, you can go to really, really stiff suspension if you want it when your shocks aren't blown. I know about that story, too. <laughs> what did you do? Yeah, just, they wear out and yeah. you replace them. But, to, but it really is the ultimate everything car like if you're going to have one car do it all it is a swiss army knife and because technology has caught up you're no longer like there's those earlier cars like the c43 amg where they're just shoehorning a big engine into something but the chassis flexing a ton and you're really making compromises on everything with the cts v's are stiff chassis stiff suspension great engine they really they're really not compromising except in weight and not even that much compared to the numbers they're putting down they're still putting down I mean, what, low 11s in the quarter stock yeah, yeah. in a CTSV? That's yeah. insane for a car that big. Yeah. That's fast. People talk about numbers on the track, and they, they people can talk spec sheet numbers all day, but until you've driven an 11 or 10 second quarter yeah. mile, you don't realize how fast that is. Yeah. Well, I, I think that a lot of the car companies, and, and I'm going to uh, single one out here, BMW, needs to realize this wagon thing. Like, in Europe, there is there is an, an Imagia Unicorn car that sits underneath BMW's uh, thing. It's an it's an E46 M3 wagon. Yeah, and it's gorgeous. It is and, gorgeous. Those rear fender flares. Yeah, and there is a European version of the M5 wagon that I is just insanely cool. Which I don't get why BMW doesn't bring it here because we have the E63 AMG. Yeah, and you'd think right. BMW would bring it here. I mean, yeah. One of our good friends who Adam knows really well has an E39 uh, M3 Brendan. Yeah. It's an incredible car. I mean, M5. you talk about. M5. I'm sorry, M5. Yeah. yeah. M5. And um, it's an incredible car. You've driven it a ton, but think about that in a wagon form. Oh. And I didn't. I don't think they made it in that in a wagon form. But I know it's the it's, yeah. the it's the next version after the E39, and I'm gonna. The E60. The E60 yeah, had the, the yeah. V10. Right? The V10, yeah. and it was the European car, and it was a wagon, and it was just. And, and there was a bunch, I think Motor Trend did a, a European write-up on it uh, with between that and the E63. I think the marketing's just wrong here. I don't think it's the cars. I mean, because people, people buy SUVs all day long, yeah. and nobody needs them. I mean, well, yeah. 95% of people don't need them. They're just going to Whole Foods and grabbing whatever. Yeah. So, but I think there's a lot of guys out there that if they were marketing these cars, they need, 
every time they bring out an E63 wagon or a CTSV wagon, their market is like this tiny little segment. It's like, who's this one dude in his 40s who's his wife said he's got to buy a practical car for the family? And he somehow, somehow yeah. snuck in this giant pole. Well, it's interesting. Yeah, and I'm like, that's not the market for these cars. I know a ton of women who love fast cars and who think it's cool that they have this badass wagon. Like, yeah. There is that market, but it's still like... Well, it's interesting because... You know, and like Fiesta and the Fiesta ST is kind of similar to like a CTSV and a CTS or a CTS wagon and a CTSV wagon, right? It's right. Like if you're going in to buy a Fiesta, you're not going to just upsell into a Fiesta ST, right? It, it's yeah. it's you're going to go in wanting the Fiesta ST. It, it's not like other car sort of upgrades where yeah i'll go in for a three series but maybe i'll get talked up to an m3 it's Here's like a fifty thousand dollar difference the person yeah. that's going in to buy a cadillac cts like base wagon is never going to make that jump so it's like they have to market the performance version just to the performance guys and and i think that's been a little bit of a challenge ford is able to do it because they have such a great rs you know or st kind of positioning but I think with Cadillac, you know, with the V, I mean, uh, the V is a, is a strong brand, but not for the wagon crowd. I don't, I, you know, they're still kind of building that, that brand up a yeah. little bit. So. Cadillac's coming around though, man. That's strange enough. Like they, they have had the marketing turnaround of the century because they went from the completely, you know, uh, retired Grandpa, crowd, yeah. yeah. To now, they're in. They're one of the coolest up and coming car companies in the country. And people who know cars are like, "Damn, the CTSV, the new one, is badass." The ATSV is. It's not the M3, but it's still a huge step forward for them. I mean, yeah. I, I hope they can continue. I hope they turn it around and bring yeah. back the CTSV the, wagon and put that back in the style. The Cadillac trans, transition has been interesting because I mean, growing up as a kid, my grandfather always had Lincoln Continentals or Cadillacs. Like, and, and I mean, and you floated down the road, and it was. I mean, <laughs> yeah. the front seat was 14 feet wide. <laughs> the trunk had nine bodies in it that you know, in case you needed one. Um, it's marketing to the audience now, and I mean, and I, but I still have a hard time. Like, I was uh, uh, talking to a, a mutual friend of our, our company and. He just went out recently and bought an Escalade and, and did a full Escalade. And it came in well above $100,000. Yeah. And I'm going, I'm thinking back to our childhood in the 90s when you could get like a GMC Denali, which was a Cadillac. Remember when they were oh, like, yeah. branded, like 50? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, and it was nice. Yeah, right. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I love what Cadillac has done with the interiors of these cars. But I look at it and I go, is this $110,000? You're competing. I mean, you're above BMW. You're above Mercedes. You're above Range Rover. Know, Range Rover. And I mean, it'll run, run, so it's better than Range Rover, but yeah. Yeah, well, he, he unfortunately put giant 26-inch rims on it, so I don't want to talk about <laughs> it. It won't but, uh, stop, but and, it'll run. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing to me. When the bigger the wheel you put, the, the smaller the calipers get. But yeah. 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 <laughs> no, I mean, I like what Cadillac has done. And I, I do support I mean, the CTSV wagon is the coolest car ever. I, I never thought I would buy a Cadillac. I've always been German cars, right? BMW, Porsche, Audi. Like, and I thought that's what I would buy. And then when I was looking for another car and a wagon, there just wasn't any options. There really wasn't any options. There no. was the E63, but that came in an automatic only. There were there were no manual options. And plus, that was over $100,000, you know? So I was like, okay, well, or there's a CTSV. But it's practical, honey. No. Uh, this is a better deal, I think. I'll go with this. If they made a new RS4 Avant, I would buy it. Literally, I would give up. That would be after the Corvette. I right. would give that up and I'd go to that because well, what, it, it is just a riot to drive a car like that. What's strange is that they have the RS3 
hatch back yeah. in Europe, which I would buy. If that thing's brought. awesome. When yeah. I heard they were bringing the RS3 over, I thought, oh, great, you know, I'll buy it maybe after a year of depreciation, but I'll buy that car. Well, it was a sedan. It wasn't even a hatchback. Yeah. So I don't know. It just clearly wagons and hatchbacks and the, just don't work. And the US. funny thing about the RS3 and why it doesn't appeal to me, and I know it isn't for other people the same reason, and talk to other people about this car, because guess what it is? It's a sedan Golf R. Yeah. And with a tune. Yeah. And it really is. And people who know cars, and that's the weird thing about Audi to me. It's like yeah. the people you're marketing to really know cars. And you're like, well, I'll just go save 20 grand and buy used <laughs> right. Golf R Golf if I really R. wanted that. Yeah. And it's like, it, it's cool for what it is. But yeah. for one, uh, with the, is it the RS? No, the S3 or what? No, it is the RS. Where they don't, the front wheels are bigger than the rear. They lack the rear body fenders. The the, the rear flares don't come out on it oh, like yeah. they used to. Yep. So it doesn't even have the RS look that everybody fell in love with. You're just I know. like, I know. big freaking deal. I know. Volkswagen's had that problem. I mean, if you watch the latest version of, of uh, Grand Tour, and they they were testing the Golf GTI, and then they tested that new little thing, and it blew it blew their it blew the GTI away. Like their own Volkswagen blew their own car away with this new little. I forgot the name of it now, but it was. It's tough. It's the same reason when you buy an Aventador, your, your calipers still say VW. So. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So. Lamborghini needs to come out with a wagon. That's what needs to happen. What you know, an SUV? I don't, I don't want to talk about the years. <laughs> I'm very disappointed in that. I, I've, 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 had, I've been, had enough time in the car community, and I was down in Monterey when they first brought out the Urus. And that car was on point. That's the car they should oh, really? have released. Oh, really? And this one, the new Urus has taken on uh, shit tons of weight. It's wider. It's weirder. Love the interior. I mean, I'm sure I can get every part out of it now. It's a beautiful Q7. It's a, I don't even know if it's a beautiful anything, but... Um, <laughs> the interior. <I> mean. yeah. <laughs> it's a more expensive, which I didn't think could happen, Bentley Bottega. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. You know what's funny is uh, one of the, the cooler things I've driven is a Macan Turbo. And I think that's how the yeah. weird the the market in America has shifted. Is instead of going to the wagons, they're just going to really really fast yeah. SUVs. Yeah. And a friend of mine just bought a Macan Turbo. Uh, David, David. Uh, yep. who's also an advanced member, he has a GT3 Porsche, uh, which his fiance drives. <laughs> he drives the Macan Turbo. <laughs> well, that's not what he told me. He told me it was the opposite. Oh, he can say whatever he wants. <laughs> Both are great cars. We both know she drives both of them. Let's be honest. (laughs) He walks to work. But uh, yeah, it's one of my. I actually the first one I drove was uh, my friend Josh Goldschmidt's, and uh, I had never driven a Macan period, let alone a turbo. And his literally every single option checked. And if you've ever seen a Porsche option box, that's an amazing feat. But we're talking carbon fiber interior trim. Like all the way through the cabin, self-adjusting seats hit the corners hard, bolsters come up. Like nice. this thing was nuts. Sports mode, it drops like three inches down to the ground. Nice. That is literally a lifted sports car. Yeah. It is yeah. essentially a group B rally car. Right. It's right. nuts. Like you wouldn't it's a weird thing to say that about looking at it, but holy crap, the thing yeah. drives like it's on rails. Like I guarantee I could outhandle most cars in it. Right. It's got, um, the diffs are magic. Like you just punch it and go. It, it actually reminded me of my GTR with the way it launches, which is crazy. Like he was following my Z06 and we swapped back and forth and just went back to back, back to back. And I was shocked. Like that thing is fast. Porsche has done an amazing job with that thing. And yeah, that's that's an SUV that defies all logic, which Porsche has been great at since they have a rear engine car that pulls G's on the skid pad and doesn't like swing like a pendulum out of control. They used to, that was fun. But and then you have the BMW X6M, which is useless. <laughs> uh, 
That is a, that's so ugly. I know. I get the X5M. I really do. I think yeah, it's, I love it's the X5M. Car, but um, X6M. But <laughs> I think the X5M is great. I hate the X6M. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. that's why I said X5M. This is what I meant. Yeah. Yes. I just every time I think of an X6, uh, I think of Jeremy Clarkson trying to drive up that hill in, in Top Gear, and it's going nowhere. It's just slipping on the grass. <laughs> so, but I mean, oh, so out of question, what would a what what did that Macan set someone back? Oh, I think list. Fully loaded was about like 110, I think, or 120. Because okay. well, so vehicle starts at 50, optioned out goes to 120 in typical Porsche fashion. Yeah. You add the turbo, which is like I think they base a well-optioned one at like 90. I want to say for the turbo, then you add like 30,000 in options. Not in changing the engine or the trim, no, yeah, just it's options because yeah. it's Porsche. I would yeah. like my wrap, my vents leather wrapped in a custom Corinthian leather. Oh, and everybody wants the you know the carbon fiber backing the seat so your kids can kick carbon <laughs> right. fiber. I mean, right. everybody knows that, right? Right. I mean, there's no, there's actually one in my building, and every, I mean, when I'm down there and she fires it up, I'm just like, ah, yeah, <laughs> it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Uh, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back right after this. Hey, this is Nick from Rain City Supercars. This part of the podcast is brought to you by M Squared Fitness, personalized fitness, personalized performance. Find M Squared Fitness online at M Two fitness.com mentioned rain city supercars get your first session free all right we're back uh adam tell us how to tell our listeners how to get in touch with avance people want to join what do they got to do and what are the requirements where do they go if you want to be touched by avance yeah. what are you going to do uh <laughs> the best thing to do is just go to the website avance.com uh you can apply there there's a button for for apply uh in the top header uh our app it is also out you can go to the ios store and search for avance or the android uh play store and, and search for avance so uh, you can do either of those things. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. But probably the best thing to do is go to the website uh, and apply uh, via the website. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. We had a good time getting to know you. Uh, Adam's a good friend, and a good. it's a great club to be part of. Like I said, I've been a member from the beginning. It's the only club I've, uh, I'm really with because they just they fit a they fit a spot that nobody else has touched, and it's awesome. So thank you, Dan. <laughs> Sorry, there's just so many trigger words there. You know? like, Nick is like literally my only club that I'm touched. I'm, so, I'm I'm gonna let it go. I'm just saying. Nick's over across the table, biting his Sorry. hand. I just I'd set you up for it. It's my own fault, man. I said nothing. But uh, again, thank you for coming. We thank really you. appreciate you. Um, we look forward to uh, coming to many of your events in the future. Um, if uh, you need to get in touch with uh, him and you can't get in touch, you know, get in touch with us and we'll, we'll, we'll touch Adam for you. Yes. Lots, of, <laughs> lots, of, lots <laughs> of touching. Lots of touching, yeah. And uh, Adam is at most of the local shows in the area. You pr- you'll find him with his big tent. It says Vaughn's on the top. Uh, he was at the Microsoft Giving Campaign this year. They do a lot of good outreach programs too. So good stuff. Reach out, Avance.com. And uh, that's it for us. So don't just get there. Enjoy the drive.